Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. You are listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Another fantastic show tonight. Because I have well, somebody from my past who is in many respects a mentor, a coach. Um, inspired me and taught me a lot. And just seeing you here, and my guest is J.R. Richardson. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Joey? I'm doing great. And just seeing you here, like I said, when we first met at the doors, bringing back all sorts of memories. I was thinking about it last night, about what we could chat about. And there's a lot of things we could bring up from the past. Uh, but one thing I tell folks when you come up is, you know, I had a few different coaches when I was little, getting into middle school, high school. And all the time you did conditioning. You have to work hard. But you're the one coach that I liked running for. I mean, as much as you can like running and working out. But for me, it was, there was a point behind it. You made it clear that we're working towards this goal, and to meet that goal, we have to do these things. That's right, That's right Joey. Uh, those are the things that was embedded in me as a player. So uh, it worked out for me, so I thought it would be just as good for the guys that I was coaching. So um it was the best thing for me, so I wanted to give you guys the best. Well, and I brought you here tonight because I wanted to catch up, but I also wanted to sort of flesh out, unpack a, a theme of the show. I want to live up to and foster virtue in my own life. I have to admit, I have failed in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. And one of the key virtues that I think I've always had trouble with in my life is courage. Um, and I think courage mixed with some prudence or is uh, and a little bit of moderation gives you discipline and if you work on the courageous aspect of your life you can do incredible things but you have to have that moderation not to go you know chasing into every battle or you have to be smart about it too and pick your spots i want to focus on how sports helps us do this like in your own life how early did you start playing sports and what did you really take away from it? Because I imagine you took away so much because you ended up coaching and you continue to coach to this day. That's correct. Uh, as a young kid, just playing against older guys, uh, you know, it took a lot of courage. And, you know, they would, you know, beat you. Um, and you would go home crying and you go home trying to figure out how can I win? What do I need to do to win? And so you had to find that courage inside. You had to dig deep. Uh, to find a way to find out, you know, do you have what it takes to compete and, and beat the older guys? And, and you know, it's one of those things, Joey, where, you know, you look yourself in the mirror, even as a youngster, and you have to have that confidence. And that's where that confidence comes in, uh, that you believe that you can get it done and you will do it. So um, it just spills over and it carries you on through your life. Well, we all have natural talents. Some people are blessed with more abilities than others. But it is such, and it, it's amazing how the lessons don't hit you till later. Like, I took it, you know, to heart when you were teaching me and I was on the field playing football for you. But the mental aspect of the game 
as I've grown older, there's so much to the mental aspect that in order to make your body do what you want it to do, you have to have your mind right. Now, would you? What would you, if you had to pick? Because I know you've played most of the sports out there that folks know, and you were an incredible quarterback. Would you, is it football? Is it basketball? What is like the sport that you like really love at the end of the day? It's, it's definitely football. Definitely. Um, it's, it's the grind with your brothers out there. It's the, the, the key with football is, is physical, you know, and you've got to have that toughness. You've got to have that grit. Um, you're going to get knocked down. Do you have the resolve to bounce back up? You have to be resilient, and um, you have to pick your teammate up because your teammate's going to get knocked down. And are you a leader? Uh, are you a great teammate for that guy? And, you know, you're going to have coaches that are going to encourage you. You just have to be strong-minded. You have to have a strong will. Uh, not to take away anything from basketball, baseball. They're all great sports. But uh, due to the physicality of football, uh, without a doubt for me, it's football. See, for me, I used to get mad at my dad because he loved coming to our games at Catholic. But unlike, say, Auburn football, or I was huge in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I never understood... Dad, why aren't you as excited? Like, you're here, but I can tell you're not here. You're sitting over there talking about something else. Watch the game, damn it. (laughs) And he said something to me, and it's actually happened to me as I've gotten older. The further he got away from playing, he played at Jeff Davis. Uh, Their starting quarterback got hurt in the middle of the regular season. He started. They ran this veer offense. And he won games as the quarterback. Uh, They won games running that veer all the way up into the playoffs where the starter came back from his injury, but they win the state championship. And he said, I had an incredible time, of football, and he can tell all these stories, but as he got further and further away from it, watching football became less and less fun for him. Like, he'll still like watching an Auburn game because that's where he went. And I've had the same thing happen to me. My head kind of got so far up the backside of politics and into other things, I've fallen away and strangely, the thing that's gotten me back into saying, okay, you can't just rely on the mind, you got to focus on the body some, was fake sport, professional wrestling recently. Though those guys, some of the athletes in there are remarkable, but it's made me now focus on, okay, I have to take care of my body. I'm 28 years old, and I don't want to feel like an old man sitting up here hunched over this radio board. So, I mean, would you say that, I mean, when you were coaching us, you were always out there essentially playing, too. You were out there, you know, running with us in many cases. Uh, and you've, I, I can see you now, you've kept up your physical fitness throughout life. How important do you think it is to, you know, keep that, that edge, keep that, that prowess when it comes to taking care of yourself? It, it's so important. Um, your health is everything. Without your health... Um, you know, your life is going to take many different turns. It's going to pose many challenges. Um, and you, you definitely want to have your energy. So the key to it is you want to exercise. You want to eat correctly. Um, you want to drink correctly. Um, you, want to, you want to surround yourself around people that are interested in that type of lifestyle. Um, you know, for me as a coach, I'm able to be around high school kids. Uh, they have tons of energy if you can remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's just, it's so much fun for me just to get out there and just get in the mix with you guys and just show you, hey, uh, you can do it. 
I can do it. We're going to do it together. And so that's the, gr- the great thing about it is we're able to band together, bond together, and get it done all on the same page. Well, and you've played some semi-pro, right? And uh, you continue to play with other adults. What's the biggest difference, you say, when you know, you're trying to teach a kid? Is, is there something about, especially high school kids, where that's that real coming of age, they're not maybe quite there on the mental side of things, they're still learning physically too? I remember how much I worked out and I never had any gains. And it hit me in college and that's when I started to slack off. Uh, long story there. But is there a, a difference in what do you get out of you know teaching kids? Like what at the end of the day is so fascinating to you and, and empowering to you to help those kids out? It's, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to see uh, where a kid starts and his potential and the kid real, really doesn't see his own potential. And you can just see if it's a freshman in his senior year what he's going to be. And you just want to take him there. You want to mold him. Uh, you want to guide him. You want to encourage him. So uh, it's a powerful feeling to take a person and make them uh, fulfill their potential. And then when they realize their own potential, lights out. It's going to be something to watch. And uh, when you guys were playing um, where you were, uh, to take you uh, to your potential uh, as a starting cornerback, i never forget, uh, you worked hard. Um, You know, nobody really thought you would be a starter, but I saw the potential. Uh, You had the discipline. Uh, You executed the fundamentals we wanted done. And you grinded your way through every day, and it just became a way, a, a, a way that we couldn't keep you off the field. And that's what it's all about right there is, is taking a kid and uh, getting him or her, if you're coaching girls, uh, to reach their full potential. And it's, uh, it's an it's a unbelievable, powerful feeling. Well, and there's so much of a difference between a freshman and a senior. Those four years, it, it's incredible how much changes. Now, I know, have you tried to instill this, your daughter is 18 now? She just graduated? 17. 17? She's a senior. Senior. Uh, graduating senior at uh, Brew Baker Tech. I'm sure you've seen that with her. She, does she play any sports? She plays basketball. Basketball. Okay, very cool. Um, I was wondering, you know, how is it different with your own kid? Where it's like, okay, you know, it's one thing to, you know, be talking to other kids, but with your own kid, do you ever worry, like, I'm going too far, or I'm not doing it? Is it different, is I guess my bottom line question. Uh, yes, it's been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been different. And Joey, you know me, I'm a detailed guy. And, oh, yeah. uh, with her, I've had to pull myself back because uh, I've overcoached her, you know, just trying to give her every, every detail uh, instead of just letting her be, you know, mm. and uh, letting her find her way along the course. And uh, But it's been fun. We've uh, had a lot of great memories. Uh, for her competing in AAU, YMCA basketball. She's been fortunate to win championships and uh, accomplish a lot of great things and play with a lot of great players, um, play with, play for great coaches, and just surround herself around great people. And that's, that's, that's what's so important for me. So I've had to, you know, go into a mode of pull back and become dad versus yeah. coach. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm sitting here and I could pick out all sorts of stories where I was a sophomore and you got mad at whoever was playing nose guard and you pulled them out of the game. You just looked around. I was behind you. You threw me in there where I'm like a buck 40 playing nose guard. I think it was Lynette. It was. Uh, And 
I think I've gotten the backfield because the center is so damn slow. And it's it's little moments like that that stick with me that were fun. Um, in your own career, is there a certain play or a certain game, something that always comes back to you saying, this was like the best moment. This is why I play sports. Yes. Um, when I was fortunate to play with the uh, Montgomery Maulers here, um, arena football came to Montgomery, and I was uh, still young enough in my 30s, <laughs> early 30s, <laughs> uh, to continue playing. And, um, you know, we had a third and 10 or whatever, and arena football, you know, is only 50 yards. So we are back down in there, like on our own five, third and 10, and great defense. They've got really great players. And um, teammate Marino Phil, y'all, played at Troy, played in the NFL. Um, you know, when we broke the huddle, um, he gave me that look. You know, he was going to go on a deep post, and I had to step up. You know, I knew he was going to, you know, just run his hardest, and I had to step up and make that deep, long throw. And he caught the ball over two people, you know, in full stride. And he just, you know, we were all excited, going crazy. And he just turned around so presidential like he is. <laughs> like, hey, guys, uh, you know, on to the next play. And I'm losing it because <laughs> that was probably in all my career the best throw and uh, that I've ever been a part of. And, and it was a touchdown. And, you know, but it's, it's a credit to Marino uh, just to show he's so much class and just, you know, teaching us guys. Let's go to the next play. Because the game wasn't over. <laughs> well, and then I'd imagine after the game, you get you develop these friendships. Like, is there somebody, like, if you had never met them in that arena, you probably wouldn't be friends with them. But you've found that common bond. You realize, man, this guy, we've been through some stuff. And now, well, best friends for life, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you, I've got so many best friends, I would call them. You know, yeah. um, you know, guy sticks out. Uh, Todd Stanton, we played together at Alabama State. Uh, you know, things we went through. You know, playing college ball and how hard it is, the grind you got to go through, and how tired your body is. And you know, he was just so encouraging. You know, and just you know, giving you a lot of confidence that he believed you. You know, he's your teammate. Right. You know, and that's that's what stuck out to me about that guy is. You know, he's not a selfish person. You know, he's encouraging you. He's telling you to pick it up and you can do it. If you had a bad day, um, you know, he put his arm around you and pat you on the shoulder pad and say, you can, you're going to get it tomorrow. You know, so and we're still friends now. We're in our 40s. So that's you know, awesome. It's, it's awesome. Well, and I mean, we both were Catholic alum. Uh, you know, again, you coach me. I remember, I guess it was junior varsity basketball. I remember a few of those memories. But uh, I think one where you, like, unintentionally, I want to make it clear, un- <laughs> laid me out. Like, I woke up at midcourt going, what happened? And I think you were freaking out, like, is this kid okay? I just yeah. knocked the crap out of him. But, uh, again, so many memories. But let's say move to, like, college or the NFL. Like, there are great moments in sports history, like, when I was a kid, my uncle was a huge 49ers fan, so of course the catch, Montana, the catch. Was there something when you were a kid or even in adulthood, that one moment in professional sports where you went, oh my God, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Like, this is why we do what we do. Yes. Uh, a Monday night football game, Tony Dorsett uh, raced it 99 yards uh, to the end zone, and um, 
at that time it was a you know NFL record, and I was a big, huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, you know, I love that big star. Uh, Tony Dorsett was a big time running back. He was the star for the Cowboys at that time in the early '80s, and I just remember going in the backyard that night <laughs> against my mom's wishes, of course, <laughs> uh, and recreating that run, dodging yeah. those tacklers, and you know, and I did that thing at least 20 times before I came back in the house, you know, and it's, you know, during that time, you know, those guys were such heroes to us and um, we we wanted to be, you know, the star like they were, you know. We wanted to make that run and, you know, as we got older in high school, you know, talking to friends, um, the plays that we played in high school, college, whatever, we had that same mindset, and we still talked about those players, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, as a quarterback, uh, you know, I patterned my game off Joe Montana uh, and Warren Moon. You know, yeah. um, they were unbelievable at what they had to do at the quarterback position. They were efficient. They looked sharp. Um, you know, they were very smooth. They were great leaders. And, of course, you know, Joe Montana with the uh, 49ers, they were winning Super Bowls. So you wanted to win like yeah. they won. And uh, that's what made it so great, you know, growing up during that time. Well, and in many ways, athletes are some of the last folks I think people really look at as heroes in society. I mean, there are a few other areas out there. Like, I'm wearing a shirt of one of my heroes, God rest his soul. And um, I you know, can look at certain people in political history, but there's something about an athlete that, especially for kids, like you bringing that up about Dorsett made me think of watching the Bulls when I was a real little kid with Jordan and Pippen, and I wanted to go out there with my grandfather. I was like, oh, I'm going to try a fadeaway. Of course, it, you know, probably looked terrible, but it's like, I got to try this. I got to do this. I want to recreate this. And the drama of sports it makes me wonder where things are going. For instance, my great-grandfather uh, called him Papa Joe, where I get my name, uh, Joseph. He was Joseph Skinecki. And he, it's also where I get this funky Polish nose from. And he used to play in, I think, the ghettos of Newark, just like gravel lot football, where the you know people picking up piles of dirt, throwing each other's face, just a rough game. And so football's progressed from, that had to be the 30s, 40s. And it progressed in the 50s, progressed in the 60s. It's become, I think, America's top sport in terms of how many people watch. But there's this, all this stuff coming out where I walked into the house, and I'm living with, I told you, Andrew Parker, Jonathan Gary, uh, who played at Catholic as well. And they're watching this game, on, or this documentary on hockey, and how the enforcer in hockey's going away. And a lot of this has to do with folks worried about CTE and concussions. And you playing quarterback, I'm sure you know all about getting your bell rung. Oh, yes. Uh, and it makes me think back to where I never had anything we ever called a concussion, but there were times where my bell was definitely rung, especially on kickoff coverage. Nick Jett without any neck, man. <laughs> and he, would, he loved going face mask to face mask. And are you worried that football is ever going to go away? So, like... I'll put it this way. If you had a son, and knowing where the science is going with this, would you I mean, wait before you had him play, or would you say, here are the risks, let's go for it? I mean, what's your general point of view on this, trying to make the game less violent or stop concussions at least? Well, um, 
you know, you bring up CTE, that is a, a, a major thing to think about, you know, especially when you have a young kid and the brain is maturing and it's growing and, you know, it's so vital that if the kid is playing football at a very young age that they're playing for some very good coaches who are teaching the game correctly um, to restrict as much violence in the game uh, with head-to-head combat. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll in the NFL is teaching a great technique of how to roll tackle. Hmm. Um, you know, football is football. It's, it's a combat yeah. sport. Uh, it's a collision sport. It's very physical. But if you've got great coaches that can teach it the correct way, it's the greatest thing that you can put your son in uh, right. to teach him, you know, responsibility, accountability, uh, teamwork, uh, just building that self-confidence. Um, so I would start, if I had a son, I would start him early, but I would make sure that the coach could assure me that in practice – they're just not doing any battering ram things and, you know, trying to boost their own egos and hear, right. you know, see all these unbelievable hard hits, you know, right. teach the kid the correct way. Well, and it, I'm not going to call the coach out, but, uh, well, one story was we figured out he couldn't throw worth a damn. <laughs> and so we're running fly routes. And, of course, knowing he can't throw the ball but 30 yards at, if that, we're not running these fly routes very hard. And so I'm not running this fly very hard, and I turn around, and he's chasing me with the ball. Run, Joey, run! Chasing me with the ball. That same coach, we was kickoff team. He's going, linebackers, linemen, and Joey, come over here. And he made us get on all fours, face us, like our face mask is mask facing each other. And I was lined up across from Nick Jett. And he's going, and Nick was actually, you know, he could be annoying. I think he would. He would push buttons on purpose, and it was very funny, um, especially with Strick. But he was the voice of reason at that moment, saying, why are we doing this? Because the coach would then say, now hit, and we just bump face masks together. Like, why are, how is, is this going to improve our spine or our vertebrae? Like, what are we doing? It's going to make you tougher. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of things we could do that make us tougher. You're right about good coaching. Um, and I actually love that other coach. That's why I didn't name him. It was I'm laughing, and it was all great times. I think you know who I'm talking about. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm personally, you know, in politics, on this anti-war guy, and uh, I think we need to reform all sorts of things. I'm against the death penalty in many respects. But when it comes to people in their own life, and your own body is on the line, and especially when you get to the age of consent, if somebody in the NFL or the NHL or the NBA, God forbid, it might be like the old Pistons, um, where if you or mixed martial arts is a perfect example, MMA is a perfect example. If you want to put your own body on the line and take those risks, I think you have every right to do it. Without a doubt, without a doubt, um, at that maturity age, you know you're you're self accountable, so you know. Um, the risk involved, you know, and you know, I've, I've been fortunate to play around and play with and around some guys that they knew how to play the game correctly. You know, um, I've playing arena football with the Maulers. I would hear, you know, some defensive players, you know, talking to each other, making sure that they tackled correctly uh, and, and take care of the next man because they had to get up and go to work like right. they did. 
they had to come back and practice like they did. So it wasn't anything where, oh, we've got to go out here and maliciously hurt somebody. And, you right. know, I want to just deliver this unbelievable hit. Because on the flip side, you're putting your own self at risk. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very important that um, it starts at an early age. When you get coached correctly, it'll carry on. Right, and it's not about hurting somebody. I mean, but you got to have a little bit of that killer instinct. Oh, yes. You've got to have, um, you know, the, the combativeness in yeah. you, you know, the aggressiveness in you. And uh, you do it right, you know. It's just like with anything, um, you want to do it the right way. And there's a, there's a right way to play football. There's a wrong way to play football. Now, on... And this happens with everybody, but it's that morning you wake up. You got, you know, you got to work out, and it just happens to be one of those days where you're not looking forward to the workout, or you're in the middle of it and you're feeling dog tired, and you just don't want. What do you tell yourself when you're feeling, you're hearing that negative? Yeah, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I'm done. How do you personally push yourself forward when you hit those moments, you hit those walls? Well, for me, I, you know, I have a standard. I had a standard, a game standard. I had goals, um, you know, game goals, um, pre-game goals, what I had to do to get ready. So, you know, you would hit the wall. You would have your, your situations where you're tired, you know, your arm is tired, your legs are tired, your calves are tired, your feet are tired. You know, thank goodness for Epsom salt baths. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, and I think you're baths. the one who recommended those that's to right. me. Yeah, I, That's right. Because uh, it got me through, you know, to refresh your body and, yeah. and refresh your mind and, you know, meditate and listen to, you know, just good, easy listening music, get your mind away. Um, but, you know, Joey, is is just one of those things where, you know, you want to perform well in the game and you want to perform at your highest level. And that was my motivation, you know. And like I always told you guys, and I, I tell the guys now that I coach, don't be afraid to be great, yeah. you know. And the deal with being great is you're going to have to be great again. And you're going to have to be great again. And then all of a sudden that bullseye, it gets on you. And so now you're going to start taking people's best shot. But it makes you better because yeah. now you have to keep rising. You know, you just have to keep going and going because – you know, the next team, the next opponent, they want to, you know, they want to dethrone you. So your motivation is, I've got to get ready because somebody's trying to dethrone me. Absolutely. Well, and we got to hit a quick break here. We'll come right back, uh, continue, share a few more memories. But I also want to talk about what you, what you do and uh, you don't just coach in your professional life. I think actually the two tie together perfectly, as uh, you already know. But the album of the day for me, and this, I don't know how much it applies to what we've been talking about, but it's just what I was listening to. A uh, box of vinyls we found in a storage unit, and one of the albums is from 1975, The Impressions, First Impressions. And I, we put it on at the house and went, damn, this is a good soul album. Really good soul album. So again... 1975, The Impressions, First Impressions. Listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. My guest this evening, J.R. Richardson. We'll be right back after this. First impression. Mama used to tell me about First impression. Those old impressions. First impressions. First impressions. This might sound like some square advice. Yeah. 
This song is How High is High. Great album. My guest this evening, uh, it's it's weird. My guest is J.R. Richardson, and it's weird, J.R., because you were you really were your coach, you were a mentor in many ways. I looked up to you, and it's weird now, 10 years later, sitting here chatting like this. It's like, okay, been through some life. We were just talking about that off-air. Um, we both recently lost our mother. That's correct. And, you know, it's not all tears, folks, though, when we were, it was at the time, but uh, we were sitting here saying that you always have the memory, but it is like losing a part of you, and, but the memories are always there, and you can always come back to those, um, and it, it's, well, I just, I feel what you're, uh, what you're going through, I know you feel the same, um, it's tough. It tough is subject. tough. It is tough. It's, uh. You know, with my mother, she was my biggest fan. Yeah. You know, and we lived in Union Springs. You know, and my mother worked here in Montgomery, and, you know, we would make that 40-mile ride um, every day and, you know, playing YMCA ball up here and, you know, competing in school sports. You know, we'd have to get right back up Saturday morning, come back up for a soccer game, you know, basketball game, Y football game, whatever, growing up, and, you know, uh, just a strong woman, and you know, she always encouraged me. She always told me to do my best, and even if I didn't per se have a good game or a great game to my expectation, I would feel bad. She still loved me. Absolutely. You know, she never said, "Oh, you played bad," or gave me the impression on her face that she was disappointed. You know, she always had that proud look, and she always hugged me, and, you know, she was always, you know, very encouraging that, you know, she could see it on my face if I didn't play the way I wanted to play, that, you know, i get it next time. Well, and it, really our moms, I think, teach us how to love. Uh, there's some line from a song, you know, child with no father, no respect for authority, child with no mother, hard time showing love. And I think our mothers definitely help us uh, show love, and I, we carry it with us, even though they've maybe passed from this earth, and maybe we'll see them later sometime. Uh, now, you professionally, uh, you aren't just a coach, um, just a coach. Um, what is it that you do um, professionally? Okay, I work with uh, Goodwill Industries. Workforce development and uh, employee development services. I do vocational evaluations and job placement uh, service. Provide job placement services for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very rewarding, very very rewarding career. You know, you get to help people, but not only people. Uh, you affect their families. Yeah. You know, I get a chance to see young men um, 
you know, make a decision that, hey, I want to go to work, you know, well, here's the blueprint. This is what you need to do. Uh, you can fall in this statistic or you can go into this statistic. You can change your life and your family's life. Um, and, you know, it's very rewarding to see the young men that make the right choice and the mothers, the look on their face, you know, if they have, uh, you know, girlfriends or wives or whatever, or if they have kids or whatever, uh, you see the look on their faces. And uh, what's even more rewarding is, you know, people that you've helped 10 years ago when they come in your office and they want to show you their sons that are three and four and uh you know they're still working and they're doing the great things so that's that's awesome well and it probably gives you some perspective especially if you say you see some high school kid who is very blessed with abilities and maybe they have a bad attitude or they're just uh, for some reason saying woe is me all the time and to see folks that maybe have a little bit of a disadvantage overcome it is remarkable to me um and it is something that uh i almost i feel guilty at times for being oh woe is me i wish i could have done that i wish i wish i wish i wish i regret i regret oh it's a bad place to be bad place to be it's a matter of saying no you have this talent you have these abilities um i don't want to give anything away too much but is there kind of a story you could share from from your work that maybe really sticks with you uh, or somebody that you, you helped and they did come back 10 years later? Yes, uh, as a young man, um, you know, tough situation, uh, tough neighborhood, uh, didn't have the best support system. Um, influences, you know, in his neighborhood were, was just pulling at him, you know, to choose the wrong way. And, um, you know, he made his own decision. You know, he sat in my office and I just asked him a question, you know, um, what do you want to do with your life? And he didn't know, hmm. you know, and so he wasn't exposed to a lot of positive things, you know, people right. were just telling him negative things. So we exposed him to some positive things. Here's some jobs. Here's some training that, you know, we can refer you to. And uh, the young man was able to <clears throat> get a job at Coca-Cola, you know, and he went in, he was 18, you know, he went in and, you know, 10 years later, he's still working there. And, you know, like I said, he walked in the office with, you know, his two sons and he's proud and he's married and, uh, you know, he's doing the right things. And the great thing about that, Joey, though, is he will pass that on to his two sons. Yeah. And so now you become, you know, generational with the influence versus, you know, am I, cho am I choosing the streets? Am I choosing, you know, the life of, well, I don't really want to contribute or do I want to better myself and better my family? So he broke, he broke his generational curse and he set him off as he cried. He, he came to tears because he did it. That's, that has to be, it's just amazing. It's, it's like win-win. It's a reward for everybody. And it's so, I love pride that is earned. Yes. There's a lot of folks out there in this world that take pride in something they never did. Like, my dad did this. And it's one thing to be, okay, you say, I'm proud of your son, or I'm proud of your dad. That's a different thing than saying, oh, I'm kind of taking credit for it. I don't like that stuff. Um, and also, you know, you get pride, you get guilt. And it is that it always, it's coming back to work and having that positive mentality that there is a potential to change your life. I was just telling you off air that I've neglected my body in many ways. 
slowly but surely climb back up the mountain, get in better shape. Some of it's for vanity, but mostly it's I want to feel better. I want to be able to get out there and not feel tired uh, every day. And there's so much dignity in a job, would you say, that what is it about when somebody finds work that changes them from maybe some of the other avenues they could go down? Well, it, it gives them, you know, the self-pride. You know, it gives them the self-worth. Um, when a man or a young lady, we help, you know, everybody to see them reach their vocational goals. You know, it's a graduation process for them and they feel graduated and, you know, it's, it's very rewarding and it's remarkable for them to see them achieve their goals. The number one thing is we're getting them to see that they're going to take the steps. We're just going to provide the information, the guidance, but they're the ones that's going to be accountable to get it done. So, you know, in the beginning stages when I'm working with them, uh, you know, always I have this mantra with all my people that, hey, we got to get it done. You know, when I call them on the phone, hey, you ready to go? Let's get it done. And so I want them to be excited about the process that, you know, they've got to strap their boots on. You know, they've got to get their resumes ready. They've got to get their clothes. They've got to get their self-presentation ready so that when they do go in to an employer and present themselves that, I want to work here. I want to be a part of this team that the employer says, I want you to be a part of this team. You know, and yeah. so uh, now they know that they can do it. And that's that's what's so great about it. Well, and I have to, I've been honest with the audience. There are some days where I'm up here behind this microphone. It feels like I'm spinning my wheels. I have no clue what I'm doing. But you pick up and you do the next day. You try your best to work hard. Um, and I really, at this point in my life, don't necessarily know where I'm going. Like, okay, yeah, make it big in radio. Uh, you know, okay, that could be cool. I guess if money's always nice, it sets you up for some cool things. But it's more I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. And it's better not knowing where you're going than having no place to go. I think that's the thinking people get so stuck in is I'm I will always be stuck. I will never move out and be able to change my life. It's that sort of vicious cycle, that circular thinking that you can't uh, escape. And for me it's it's not, okay, I don't want a bunch of money. I don't want a bunch of fame. What I would like is to leave a legacy, whether it's friends, family. I, To be honest, I haven't even started thinking about kids. Hmm. I, I'm not even near getting... I don't have a real great relationship at this point. I'm this weird loner type. But when... I want to talk about, though, when you go for something, maybe dreams aren't fulfilled. Like I, I gave, we were talking when you first showed up that there's our class made it to the playoffs, which was Geneva, and they had this one receiver that, you know, I could be in the right position. I'd try to make up for it for being in the right space, kind of know where the play's going. But he was just so damn quick and fast. Their quarterback had a, a cannon. And you told me, don't worry about it. He's D1. Still worried about it. But, uh,. There's a certain point where you realize, oh, man, I can't hang with these guys. I, did you ever find that in your sports career where you're like, ah, I, I wish I could do NFL, that sort of thing. Did you ever have a moment like that where you said, okay, I need to re-navigate, new goal in life now? Without a doubt. Um, you know, growing up, that's all I thought about. 
was the you know the NFL. You know, you emulate those players. Um, you could do it. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I could do this. Yeah. You know, this is easy. You know, what you see on TV, you go out and emulate. Well, they're playing against some really great players. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, the higher you go in sports or in life, you know, the best are going to show. And the cream will rise to the top. And, you know, you're, you're facing great competition. And then sometimes, Joey, what happens is you don't always bring your A game. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're facing great competition, that's why well, always as a coach try to get you guys to rise because I know from my own personal experience that I didn't rise, hmm. you know, um, in workouts. I didn't rise, you know, and I was, you know, at Alabama State, I was a- able to play with some players that I saw they rose and they made it to the NFL. And I know what they did. You know, yeah. I know, you know, what they did when nobody was watching. So. You know, it's not a flute that they made it to the NFL. You know, right. it was it was um, you know it was a situation where it was very deserving. You know, I always equated to the NFL came for them. They didn't have to go to the you know go for the NFL. Right. And you know, looking back at it, if I had did those things, if my mind was focused on those things, you know, the NFL would have came for me because right. I saw it come for those guys. And, and I've seen a lot of great players that the NFL didn't come for. Right. And, you know, you're like, wow, how come they didn't make it? You know, this guy runs a 4-2-40. He can jump out of the gym. He's unbelievable. He's, you know, he can do whatever he wants to do. But, you know, what was the work ethic? Mm. Where was the real, real work ethic? Um, where was his mind? Where was, you know, in life you're full of distractions. And, you know, what happens is when you get distracted here, there, or situations happen in your family that distract you, you know, it can detour you a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it, it takes, you know, a great support system, family, friends, or whatever, to kind of keep you on that straight and narrow to keep you reaching those goals. Well, and it's, I think, great to reach for great to reach for greatness. What a profound statement. Um, now, but I started the show by talking about does our reach exceed our grasp? And I'm talking about sort of modern society. That there are times when you, you go for the brass ring and you fall up short. But there are other times when you realize, oh, if I had just thought more positively, if I had put in the work, we can, and I use the word we, and solve and reach new heights I think we can't even imagine. Uh, and that's a big part of what I want to instill in my own life and hopefully in others is that, yeah, sports brings out the best in people when you compete. But in everyday life, everybody, I think, has their place and we can compete for these different places, but everybody has something to contribute and to be valuable. So, yeah, you might not be the champion. You might not you know, win the NBA Finals. You might not win a Super Bowl. But you, as long as you put it all out there, and I, this is one lesson y'all taught me in football that has stuck with me forever. As long as you put it out there, and at the end of the day, you, you say, even if we didn't win, did you give your A game? And that's something that, when I'm honest, look at myself in the mirror, some days I don't give my A game. It happens. But it, it has to be something I strive for each and every day. And I want to end, though, because, like I said, I've fallen away from sports. Like, I, can't, I don't watch ESPN hardly at all. 
but I'm winning my fantasy football league. I'm five and one. I whooped Bourgeois' butt. <laughs> I whooped Jonathan Gary. All these guys. Andrew Parker, my roommate, did beat me. And, you know, I'm taking all this credit. But who are you looking at in, like, say, the NFL right now where you're like, that guy, that guy is somebody to watch. That's the story. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Me being a quarterback, I'm always, you know, critiquing the quarterback position. And, you know, we've seen the Aaron Rodgers, you, have, you know, sad situation with his shoulder. We've yeah. seen the Ben Roethlisberger, you know. Um Carson Wentz has it all. You know, he's he's a, he's a cut from the old mold, um, and I'm big about the quarterback's character. You know, how is he off the field? How is he on the field? How is he on the sideline? Uh, just watching his demeanor, he doesn't get rattled. Um, he's very positive with his teammates. He has passion, true passion. And he's got a chip, you know. He's yeah. he's not coming from one of those Power Five conference teams and mm. things like that. But um, as we see in the NFL, it doesn't matter if the cream will rise to the top. So, uh, but Carson Wentz is the guy to watch. Carson Wentz. Okay, I got to check out his story because I'm tired of the political stories because it's never about. I'm sitting here complaining, but it's never about like the greatness. I mean, there's a lot of talk of greatness, but it's always how can we tear people down? And that's what I love about sports. It's decided on the field. It's not decided by who can sway a public opinion or be clever or trick, do this trick or that trick with their rhetoric. It's on the field, and it will be decided whether or not you were there, you made that play. Um, JR, it was great. Getting to catch up a little bit with you and chat with you tonight. Uh, Joey, I, you know, I hadn't seen you in a while. Right. And uh, when you reached out to me, uh, you know, it was a no brainer. And, you know, that's what's great about, you know, coaching and giving back to the, the high schoolers and seeing you. Now you're in your, you know, late 20s. Yeah. You're a grown man now. And, you know, I'm so proud of you. You know, um, I knew your family well and your mother, just you and I was talking off the air how uh, proud she was of you and the the smile and the glow that she had yeah. of you. So. Well, and I'll always remember it. I'll huh? always remember that. Well, Jared, thank you again. And, uh, well, we're at the end of the show. I need more than an hour. <laughs>